this together. Here's what I want you to understand. The prophecy that comes out of the mouth of Jesus is about us. Of all things going on in the life of Jesus, past, present, future, when he's been around forever, the first prophecy that he speaks is about us. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? So I want you to understand this thing. The Son of Man is what we, it's a term from what we call the Old Testament. Whenever the Son of Man phrase shows up, it's always talking about God. When um, when King Nebuchadnezzar threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fiery furnace, and the guards who walked up to him, and those guards burned up. You know the story, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not die in the fiery furnace. Shadrach, so Nebuchadnezzar walks to the edge of the furnace and looks in, and this is what he says. He says, I see not three men before, and they are loosed and unbound, and there's nothing, nothing is burning on them. Their clothes aren't being burned. The fourth looks like the Son of Man. That's from the book of Daniel. So in the Old Testament, that's just one case. Whenever you hear the words or the phrase the Son of Man, it's always referring to God. So when Jesus here says, um, who do people say, referring to himself, the Son of Man is, he's very clearly making a statement that he is God himself. They replied, some say John the Baptist. Now John the Baptist had been beheaded by this time. So he's dead in heaven. They say some say he could be John the Baptist. Some say Elijah and some others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. So Jesus takes this little poll among his disciples and says, what do you hear? Who do people, what do people think about me? Who do they say I am? So we understand what popular opinion is out there. But what do you say? But what about you guys? Who do you say I am? Here's one of the answers in our next verse. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. It's a very important statement because that statement, everything else Jesus says from here hinges on that statement. Jesus replied, Blessed or happier, you Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades or hell will not overcome it. This is the first prophecy that comes out of the mouth of Jesus, and he says, The church, the gates of hell, will not overcome my church. Now, there are some teachings that say, Well, this is where um, Jesus is building the church on Peter. Jesus doesn't look at Peter and say, on you, I'm building my church. He says, upon this, meaning what? Simon answered, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Upon that statement, I am the Christ, the Son of the living God. Upon that truth, I will build my church, and hell will not overcome it. That's what that statement means. The very first prophecy out of the mouth of Jesus, and this is what he says. So on your yellow card is your next question, and it's this. In your opinion, why do you think the church exists? Go. Be happy on Sunday, ready to go. 
Church grew in a bunch of ways that it 
that they may need to meet together. Absolutely, yes. Is it nice and convenient that we have a central location to do that? Yes, even though this is a rented space. Yes. It's very convenient for us. However, this church, any church, well, I can't say, let's just say this church, let's say us, this gathering, this ecclesia, this gathering, this group of people, here's the choice we make. We choose um, sometimes voluntarily, sometimes involuntarily. We choose directly, sometimes indirectly, whether or not we will be a gathering of people for ourselves, or whether we will be a gathering of people for those on the outside. You see what I mean by that? Now, even though we're always seven years old, there are things that we do just because that's what we do. It's already become our tradition. It's already become our custom. I, I think there are times where you have stopped going, okay, but what about the people who have not yet heard? What about the people who have not yet arrived? Because one of the things we just do a lousy job with here is discipleship. Taking somebody who is new to the faith and saying, Okay, where do, you want to, where do you want to go now? That honestly does not happen in a class format. It happens in life format. It happens in the context of work. It happens in the context of play. It happens in the context of food. It happens a lot in, in other contexts. So really our question is, we've slipped somewhat into an establishment. And we need to abandon that kind of thinking. I'm not saying we're not meeting in this place next to the morning, that's what I'm saying. But our mindset has got to be more of a movement. Because there are people around us, some sit here, some you'll see at work tomorrow, that have all kinds of opinions about church. And the dilemma is their opinions about church equal their opinions about God. And they're not the same. So they can have a very negative experience about church and therefore have a very negative opinion about God. Because they don't separate those two. And so for us, we jump back to what Jesus said right before he leaves heaven. Now, Jesus ever had an epitaph which, you know, I can't because, well, he rose from the dead. So, um, so thank you. Right. Then Jesus came to them, meaning the, the ecclesia of the called out new temple. He came to them and said, All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore, if here's the things I expect you to do, you go make disciples of all nations. You baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and you teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. You want to know what church is about? That's really it. You, you present the gospel to people. Once they put their faith and trust in Jesus, you baptize them. That is the public profession of their faith. Baptism doesn't wash away sins. If, it, if baptism washes away sin, there would be no need for Jesus to die on the cross to do that. So baptism is a public profession of faith. It's the symbol of people being dead of their sins and put into the ground, raising from the dead. That's why they're buried in the water, so on and so forth. 
and then you teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. This is the thing we lack. We're actually sharing life with people that, that one, want to be disciples. That want to know more, that want to grow their faith. Now, here's my personal dilemma. If you don't want to do that, then don't be so demanding on my time. If you're content just to coast along where you are, I can't make you not want to coast. If you want to be discipled and you want to grow your faith, there are people all over this room who are willing to do that with you. And quite frankly, it's, it's Jesus saying, hey, stop what you're doing and come follow me. Not everybody that Jesus said that to came. Not everybody that came to Jesus and said, hey, man, I think you're better than sliced bread hung around. If you think about the stories, there's a day where he feeds probably 15,000 people out of a little kid's lunch. The day he's crucified, one man is there to see it. And that's John. So not everybody who said they wanted a piece of the pie were willing to be involved and do whatever it took. Which weren't. It was going to cost too much. So if you want to be in, if you want your faith to grow and you want to be part of that great process of other people, this is really what Jesus and the assembly should be doing. It's really simple to read. So the last question on your card is really a rhetorical one. It's your red card. I don't expect you to answer that um, in your group, but some of you may feel free to. So your last question on your red card says this. If the assembly depended on me, how would it be? If the assembly counted on you, what kind of assembly would it be? If the assembly counts on me, what kind of assembly will it be? And you may feel free to answer that at your table. I think it would be fantastic if you did. I don't know that I would have the guts to sit at the table and answer that about myself. Um, because I'd be tempted to be very honest and transparent. And you may have to find another church. So... <laughs> Step up to fill it, and 